0: Hello, once again, and welcome to this week's Realty Talk show. Well, following on from our last show where we introduced Bricks and Mortar Media's 2024 property market report, Terry Ryder has been featured in the report with his forecast for this year. we talked to Terry about his predictions. Also this week, Melinda Jennison from Brisbane Buyers Agency Streamline shares her thoughts on the market. Melinda, by the way, is the new president of the Real Estate Buyers Association of Australia. So her thoughts are going to be gold. Bushy and Melinda will kick off this week's show in just a moment. Hey, if this is your first time with us, welcome. You're going to find us on all podcast players and through the Southern Cross Stereo Network. If you like the show, please hit the subscribe button and help us to continue to bring you the best guests every week. You can join the conversation too anytime on Facebook at The Property Hub Collective. We'll be back in just a moment as Bushy kicks off this week's show. Call BMT on 1300 728 726 today for an obligation free quote. Realty Talk and your host, Bushy Martin.
1: Now, at the forefront of protecting the interests of property buyers nationally and increasing the professionalism and standards of buyers' agents across the country is REBA, the Real Estate Buyers' Agent Association of Australia. And the President, Melinda Jennison is also the co-founder of the award-winning Brisbane Buyers Agency, Streamline Property Buyers, joins us again to share her insights from the latest BMM property market report on what's in store for 24. So welcome back to Realty Talk, Melinda.
2: Thanks for having me, Bushy. I'm glad to be back and look forward to having the chat today.
1: Absolutely I uh, really enjoyed uh, your contribution to the, the recent BMM report uh, but before we sort of jump into the year ahead uh, I'd love to sort of step back a year and, and look at how did property perform against your expectations last year and what if anything varied and why
2: It's a really good question and I think you know just for some context I'm actually based in Brisbane so a lot of my observations will be based on what we're seeing throughout southeast Queensland but of course in my role, As the president of REBA, it's very important that I understand what's happening at a national perspective as well. And I think as we headed into the early months of 2023, there was generally a lot of what I would describe as doom and gloom. And I think largely it was driven by a lack of buyer confidence more than anything else. So what we found was there was a lot of pent up demand, but it was all sitting in the sidelines and people were waiting for something that was more positive around the the sentiment. And I think that came when we saw rates pause. Um, of course, we come off the back of a very aggressive interest rate um, interest rate hike cycle. so people had lost a lot of confidence, costs were increasing, inflation was high. but the the turning point um, across a lot of the the markets was when consumer confidence started to improve and that aligned with when interest rates went on pause. Um, certainly throughout the latter months of 2023, in some markets, we saw that demand outstripped supply. And that was more so in markets where we saw supply remain at or below long-term averages. Whereas other markets, we started to see listing volumes increase throughout the second half of 2023. And of course, that gives buyers a little bit more choice. Um, And it slows down that rate of growth because there's more balance between the properties that are available for sale and the buyers that are in the market to transact. So I think a bit of a mixed bag um, throughout 2023, and it was very market specific, but it ended up being a lot more positive towards the the end of the year than what we were probably expecting at the beginning.
1: Yeah, good call. And I think you hit the nail on the head. It it was very much a supply story last year. And those that had plenty of listings Struggled a bit more than those that that had limited listings, and therefore there was stronger demand. So, where so stepping now into the future, then Melinda, what's what's your overall overall view on how property is going to perform in twenty twenty four, both at the national level, wearing your Reba hat, as well as the Brisbane level, uh, given streamlined expertise in in that market.
2: I definitely think there's going to uh, be more optimism in the market, and I think we've already seen that in the first few weeks coming into 2024, because the story has changed, the headlines have changed, and we're now starting to see the fact that buyers are becoming more confident through buyer volume on the ground. And I think, again, that's driven by commentary around the fact that interest rates are at their peak and, in fact, more likely to come down. And that's off the back of some positive news on inflation also coming down. Now, it's incredible how much buyer confidence can impact on a market. And you know, some of that media messaging can really have a positive impact on on the demand side. When we look at the supply side, however, I absolutely think that there's going to be some markets that will be more constrained um, moving into 24, 2024 compared with other markets. And we've seen that at a national level um, throughout the latter months of 2023. So the markets of Perth, Adelaide, and Brisbane, as an example, are still providing or are still um, markets where we've got listing volumes that are between 30 and 40 percent below our long-term average. Now, when you combine that with a market that um, is a more affordable market, which these markets also represent, and also um, the, the overarching improvement in buyer confidence, which happens across all market, it really does put price pressure on in those markets. When there's more buyers than sellers, it creates competition you've got less dilution so ultimately that's going to lead to um, higher prices being paid Um, and of course some of the larger markets um, and that includes sydney melbourne but also some capital cities such as uh, tasmania and canberra where we've seen prices or price growth stagnate a lot of that is because supply has returned to long-term averages or more in line with long-term averages and buyers have more choice. So there's less urgency in the market. And we saw that come through in the latter months of 2023, when the rate of price growth in those markets started to um, rapidly decline, or in fact, we started to see those markets stabilize on a month by month basis.
1: Yeah, extremely well said. And uh, it, it's clear the the supply and the affordability uh, exercises, uh, ballasted guest demand and, and the sentiment factors uh, having variable impacts. Are there any other key drivers that we need to watch out for that are likely to influence property's direction this year?
2: I do think that the um, proposed cuts in income taxes will have an impact. Of course, any individual that um, improves or increases their take-home income, that can have an impact on the amount that they can borrow. And of course, that that rolls through to affordability. Um, of course, there is the conversation around interest rates, and every time interest rates uh, are, you know, come down, that obviously also improves sentiment, but it also improves affordability. So, you know, again, that can be a catalyst for improving demand across all markets around Australia. But you know, I don't think it's all, you know, rosy. I think we've definitely got headwinds that we're, we're still up against. Um, there is still international tension in some parts of the world, any change or significant shift in that can obviously really impact on consumer confidence, but it can also um, have other uh, run-on effects like we saw post-COVID with the the spike in inflation and the consequential increase in, in construction costs. Um, that all plays out and, and can impact on demand, um, and it can also impra- impact on supply for new dwellings in a, in a market over the long term as well. So international tensions that's definitely something to um, watch out for as well. So markets where we've got strong economies, they're going to continue to provide a level of um, risk aversion in in uh, throughout markets around Australia, but we've also got markets where there's a lot of infrastructure being spent, um, where governments are, are pulling forward a lot of projects as well that creates jobs Generally, across most markets, people are fairly confident. We're not losing jobs. In fact, unemployment is still very low. So that's all positive, and that all supports that um, continued demand um, across Australia as well. So there's definitely some headwinds, but I definitely think at this stage there's more optimism and more positive things to come.
1: Yeah, extremely well said. And as we know, there's more dynamics and combinations in property than there is uh, a Rubik's Cube uh, Melinda. my experience uh, but it's the fundamentals we need to focus on to ignore some of the the noise so a very positive picture emerging Uh, what are some of the important areas and sectors both good and all bad that we need to watch out for then this year
2: look i think that we're starting to see already throughout the latter months of 2023 this emerged affordability does actually become an issue for many buyers um, when they're looking to purchase, whether they're home buyers or investors, even first home buyers getting into the market. So when we're seeing prices escalate rapidly, um, there's going to be a limit upon which people you know, can transact. There's going to be... A, people are going to reach capacity. So I don't think we're going to see prices um grow equally across all regions. Um, And even when we're looking at, for example, a capital city market that might have great fundamentals, I certainly don't think we're going to see uniform growth across all parts of that market. So people really have to consider uh, where in these locations people have the capacity to continue to pay more for property. Um, But we can't underestimate the, the story around the rental prices, if that's what you want to call it. Not only do we have a situation in many markets where there's not a lot to buy but in some of those same markets we've got very very little to rent and in fact that's a trend that is Australia wide so when we've got very little to rent and also very little to buy uh, you know it creates a situation where tenants are trying to get out of the market as a tenant and get into the market as a home buyer. Um, Home buyers that are wanting to upgrade need to do that in a way that's efficient without having to rely on renting for six months. So it causes a bit of a backlog a backlog sorry in the entire market. So people, I know, you know, in the work that we do, we're looking for creative solutions to help people make that transition more smoothly um, to ensure that they're not having to rely on accommodation that's really hard to find at the moment. So I think that 2024 will be really interesting because, you know, What's All of the decisions in the past that have led to our current situation have made it really tough, really tough for tenants, really tough for property buyers, but also tough for those looking to downsize or upsize because there's a lot of obstacles in the way. Um, it's not easy for people to do that at the moment. And it's also very expensive for people to do that. And that's potentially why people are sitting on their hand. They're not transacting and, um, you know, is a bit of a standoff between you know, those that are wanting to sell, but ultimately um, there's nothing to buy or there's nothing to rent, so they hold off on that decision.
1: I think you've made some really good points there, which uh, again, taking a helicopter viewable, it's actually pointing in the right direction in terms of price growth, uh, because wherever you've got scarcity, then as you and I know, uh, that puts pressure on the right areas. But I I think the the other key here uh, in what I'm reading between the lines is that I think we're actually seeing yeah, property conditions return to what I would more classify as a long-term normal, where from one server to the next, you're going to get variable conditions uh, and in different parts of the cycle, uh, you know, right down to the precinct level, which is exactly how our properties operated uh, long-term. So I think uh, it means that people are going to have to look a bit harder uh, to look at the right drivers are going to give them ongoing growth if they've got the affordability to get in. But uh, it's a very positive signs and, and the real need for people to be very diligent about what they buy where in the in the coming months. So uh, that's some some great thoughts there. You've touched on some of these already. Are there any uh, other surprising end or wild card elements that may have a lasting impact on property generally and and given your expertise on the Brisbane market in particular?
2: Look, I always think that people must be aware of where the future supply pockets are coming. And when I talk about that, I mean new supply. And um, specifically speaking to Brisbane, Brisbane is such a low-density city, comparatively speaking, when we sit it next to the likes of Sydney and Melbourne. So there is a lot of land in Brisbane that may already be zoned for much higher-density development. Buyers have to be aware of where that is located and what that future supply pipeline might look like but more so than that, even getting an understanding of what is the state government planning, where are they planning to um, accommodate this increasing population um, that continues to migrate to southeast Queensland? I mean, we've got overseas migration, but we've also got interstate migrants. We have to house these people. So not just understanding what's already in place, but also what government strategically is planning and where that that future land is likely to be released for freestanding homes, but also that that higher density land, which is likely to come from um, those those locations which are more closely um, located to the CBD, but in areas around some of the, the business hubs. So, of course, that's the level of expertise that people get when they partner with professionals because that can have a huge impact on long-term returns when it comes to property because it's all about the balance between supply and demand. And when we know that there's going to be future supply coming, we really have to account for that. Whether that supply comes next year or in the next 10 years, that becomes irrelevant because in most cases, property investing is a long-term strategy and people need to think beyond next year or next month. They've got to think about the the 15, 20 or 30-year timeframe.
1: Absolutely. Uh, You make a really good point. I've often said that when you're buying property, you've got to put on your uh, forward uh, vision, uh, 3D glasses to be able to assess what is this area and this probably going to look like given everything else that's likely to happen over that ten to fifteen year period. Don't judge it on where it is right here right now. So, the only way to do that is, as you say, is to seek uh, good independent professional help from professionals who are doing this each and every day of the week. So, excuse me. So uh, to bring this all to a head, then uh, Belinda, that to sort of sum things up what one word do you think is going to best describe and capture property conditions for 2024?
2: The word I'd choose is buoyant if I was to choose one word because we are already seeing the market start to sizzle um, on the ground in Brisbane. We're seeing buyers back. We're seeing lineups. We're seeing multiple registered bidders at auction and we are seeing multiple offers on a lot of private treaty sales. Now that is not the case, as I pointed out earlier, it's not going to be the case across all types of properties or in all areas of the city, but it's certainly what we're seeing in in pockets that our team are really active in, but we're specific about what what we're buying and where we're buying. So I think if you're looking at property as a property buyer, and there is a lack of demand from other buyers, that's where sometimes you need to pull the brake on and ask why is that the case? Because if you have the opportunity to buy really cheaply because no one else is looking at that property, is that the right type of property? for your portfolio. And I think a lot of investors think that buying cheaply is the strategy, but in fact that can set you back many years. It's about buying quality and looking at the long-term drivers as to why that type of asset's going to remain in demand, not just today when you buy it, but, you know, in the future as you hold that asset over many, many years. So I would say for buyers, just a word of warning, you know, have a look at what the demand levels are in any property that you're considering. Because if there's no other buyers that are looking at that property, ask the question why.
1: Extremely well said, because it's never about cost, it's always about value. As I've, uh, I often say, Melinda, so very wise words. And I really want to uh, thank you for these very sage thoughts. And uh, we hope that politicians and policymakers actually heed the message to actually urgently start incentivizing investors instead of continuing to drive them away and worsen the housing dilemma in what I would call short-sighted moves that can only be classified as cutting off their property noses despite their housing faces. So uh, thanks for these insights. That really sets us up for uh, some buoyant conditions moving ahead. And uh, I really appreciate your time on the show today.
2: Thanks for having me again, Bushy. It's been great to chat.
1: Thank you, Melinda. Now, uh, if you want to get a full copy of BMM's 2024 Property Market Report that includes forecasts, in detail from Melinda and a host of other property professional wedding lights. Just click on the link in the show notes. And if you want to further uh, the discussion and keep it going uh, uh, on this and other areas around what's going to happen in property in 2024, join us for more on the Property Hub Collective Facebook community again by clicking in the link below. So that's more food for thought, and stay with us for more.
0: Successful property investment is a game of finance. Do you have the right team and the right game plan? Realty Talk is brought to you by Know-How Property. More than mortgage brokers, Bushy Martin and his team of investment architects set you up with a sustainable strategy structured to lower your costs, tax, risk and stress while increasing your capacity for growth. KnowHow has helped over 1,900 homeowners and investors secure more than $800 million in property wealth. So get set to live more, work less and live your legacy. Want to know how to invest in your freedom? Visit knowhowproperty.com.au. Realty Talk exclusive to The Property Hub.
1: Now, this time last year, very few were predicting that property prices would continue to rise across the country, with the exception of our next special guest, who's recently outlined his forecast for the year ahead in Brits and Mortar Media's 2024 Property Market Report. And he's always important to listen to. I'm talking, of course, about show favourite Terry Ryder, who's a leading property industry researcher and writer has been studying residential property now for over 35 years. He's published four books on the subject and he's the founder of well-respected property research house, hotspotting.com.au. So if you're serious about property and the ability to identify the best opportunities in the year ahead, you can't afford to miss his musings. So welcome back to
3: Realty Talk, Terry. Always good to talk to you, Bushy, and always good to talk about real estate. Particularly, you know, you've laid the background by referring to, um, you know, the misinformation in the media, which is where a lot of people get their information. And you and I uh, spend a lot of time and energy trying to balance that with um, fact-based, research-based information.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's the reason why. I, uh, apart from your great sense of humour, that I uh, I love catching up with you, mate. But uh... I guess just sort of starting there, uh, from your perspective, how did property perform against your expectations last year, and what if anything varied, and why?
3: Look, it was pretty much on line with our expectations, which were very different to um, the forecasts of the the big economists, the ones who are always in the media, the ones who don't understand real estate, but media keeps going back to them because uh, they love a screaming negative. Look, um, I think the difference is we're we're full time real estate. We're living and breathing it 24-7. I think the big bank economists, they turn their attention to residential property only so often. They have their theories about how it works. It's all about interest rates. And of course, what 2023 proved is, it simply isn't. Because if they were right, prices would have fallen last year. And they predicted they would fall a lot. 15, 20%, most of them said. We said, no, we we, we expected moderate to strong growth and that's what we got yeah and only only a few of the specialist uh real estate researchers like ourselves got that right
1: yeah absolutely spot on well uh that's a great segue into uh, the year ahead so what's your uh market forecast for 2024 uh, and i'd like to sort of jump into areas that are like rising steady weakening and struggling uh terry so let's let's start with areas that you think are likely to be rising what does that look like
3: Yeah, and and it's important to make that point that we don't have one property market in Australia and um, we have, as we saw in 2023, not everywhere, had a good year last year, some better than others. Um, And um, originally I thought 2024 is going to be very similar to 2023, it's probably going to be about the same because the the forces that created the year we saw last year are still very much in play, which is all about shortage, strong population growth against uh, lack of supply. But I'm starting increasingly to think actually we're gonna have a better year in 2024, generally speaking, than last year, because we've got additional factors. Um, We are clearly at the end of the interest rate cycle and everyone's expectations the next move is down. We've got tax cuts coming. So we've got some reason for people to be more optimistic. And we've seen actually people hit the ground running at the start of 2024. Our business and others um, have found a really fast start to the year People have started the year with intent. Now the places that we think are gonna do better than average this year, um, under our metrics, would be um, Brisbane and regional Queensland, definitely. Um, Adelaide has been so consistently good for a number of years, we think it's gonna continue. Um, Regional Western Australia is gonna be pretty good. Um, Second half of last year, we saw Sydney and Melbourne come strong. Melbourne hasn't yet. Turn that into strong price growth like Sydney did last year, but we think Melbourne's going to do better this year. So there's going to be a lot of places that are going to do pretty well in 2024. Um, The places that are going to be the exceptions, the weakest markets, are going to be Canberra and Darwin. Yeah, and it's not a coincidence they also have the weakest economies in the country um, because there is a a relationship there. Hobart and regional Tasmania are probably going to be feeling mediocre as well. Yeah. yeah, first place. place around the country going to be pretty well this year. I
1: think. Yeah, it's good. Idea. Are there any sort of weakening markets that are sort of uh, coming off
3: off uh, peaks as, as you read it looking around the country? Yes, indeed. Um, well, I do want to talk about Perth. Um, Perth has been one of the leaders, depending on whose figures you believe, it has been the number one or number two uh, last year for, for property price growth. And, and this is a piling into that market. And we're starting to get really concerned about um, the way people are buying. They're grabbing anything they can in any location at any price uh, under under the theory that um, anything they grab in Perth will make them money. But what they need to understand is that um, you've still got to do your due diligence and make sure you're picking the right property in in the right location, paying the right price. Because Perth has been growing strongly for three years and we're starting to see indication that it's reached its peak or past its peak. The sales volume figures started, were beginning to fall away uh, towards the end of last year. The first sign the peak has been reached. And after three years, we would expect that anyway. Yep. Um, so I I'm really think feel that um, investors should maybe stay away from the Perth market. It's difficult to buy sensibly. Their properties are still selling very quickly. Um, people are throwing, um, you know, the asking price might be 500,000, it ends up selling for 600,000. Um, yeah, it's starting to look a bit silly.
1: Yeah, um, but when we say Perth, then just sort of trying to put some uh, shape around the net here, does that include areas like uh, Mandurah and uh, maybe as far down as as Bunbury south of Perth? Or where where are we talking there? Is it sort of applied to all that?
3: We're talking about Greater Perth, and we tend to regard Mandurah as regional. It's just outside um, the Greater Perth area, Um, but, you know, it's debatable. Um, We still think, you know, Mandurah is got prospects because it's still very affordable and it's got a wonderful lifestyle location, well connected to central Perth, but still in a pretty bloody cheap, really. Unrease yeah. um, further on, it's definitely regional, it's a regional city in its own right yeah. um, and it's going very strongly. Um, the other one in um, Western Australia we like is Geraldton north of about yes. 4 hours north um, and it's a very, very affordable with great rental yields and good prospects for growth. So we're starting to suggest to people, maybe maybe look at some of these regional markets. Um, If you're interested in Western Australia, avoid the frenzy in Perth and go to some of these places like Geraldton, where maybe you can buy a little bit more sensibly as well as affordably.
1: Yeah, very good tip. So apart from the area exercise, let's move into sectors to watch uh, this year. Terry, what's your thoughts around that?
3: uh, the one that really stands out for us is is apartments units and townhouses uh like it's we we feel that the dominant paradigm in real estate is really being challenged and changing and the dominant paradigm is that houses always show better capital growth than units and we're seeing that change we're seeing more and more examples locations suburbs and towns where whether you look long-term or short-term the capital growth performance of units are outperforming houses more and more and a lot of people would be surprised to hear that because you know everyone's got it fixed in their brain that you're going to buy house because it's the land content you know land appreciates dwelling depreciates i don't think that applies so much anymore because there are so many reasons why more and more cohorts are opting for apartments it's about lifestyle it's about location it's about affordability it's about lock up and leave, uh, low maintenance lifestyle. People downsizing, young people starting out, they want to spend their weekends mowing lawns and all that. There's lots of reasons, why more and more people are opting for apartments, and we're seeing it. We're seeing that um, some of the busiest markets in the country are the ones where there's lots of apartments, and um we're starting to see outperformance on price more and more.
1: Yeah, very interesting. And and uh, I. Really want to thank you for sharing that because uh it is an area that is you know people are stuck in the in the old you, you've got to buy a house or a block of bird in a scarce suburb routine and you know to a certain degree i've, I've fallen to that category yet a fair bit over the years but but the numbers do the talking so where uh, and I, I want to get you back on the show where as soon as you're able and we'll do a deep dive on that that very subject itself because i think uh with the amount of uh you know, qualitative and quality uh, research that uh, hotspotting does, uh, you'll be able to share th- some numbers that would really validate uh, the fact that there is a, is a shift in that regard. And that 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 opens up a, a new world of opportunity from an investment perspective. So uh, that's awesome. Now, uh, you've touched on a fair bit of this already, Terry, in terms of the key drivers that we need to be watching out for uh, in the year ahead. Or Are there any of those that we haven't touched that you want to expand on?
3: I think we've touched on most and we've talked about the expectation of what the market's going to do. We've actually had a bit of a warning that the, the Perth Frenzy has got a bit dangerous and silly and maybe you better better decide because there's so many other good places to buy uh, in Australia. You don't need to take that kind of risk um, yeah. where you're going to buy in haste and re- repent at leisure. Um, so that's important. And we've talked about the, like I, I think the, the learning is that um, a lot of people have, fixed ideas about what works in real estate and what we believe is that things are always changing and what we're looking for is the change and trying to be the first one of the first to identify the change and this this shift to apartments is is a paradigm shift that's really important this is that the trend does dust a number of years ago of people moving to the regions well before covid it wasn't was by covid as the told us it was and it's still happening you know that 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 was a paradigm shift because because for as long as i've been around the population drift has been to the cities. Now we're seeing it reverse because people are looking for lifestyle because they don't have to be in the big cities anymore because of technology. Well, you and I are living examples of that, Terry. Uh, That's right. right. I mean, I I, I can be anywhere doing what I do and and you can. And so we're doing it. Um, You know, we're living our version of the dream. And I was talking to a guy who runs a very successful, quite large um, buyer's advocacy business, which everyone thinks is based in sydney well they're in asia um they're in um, a particular lifestyle part of of asia where they're living full-time and running their business from there because they don't need to actually be physically in sydney to run that business um yeah i
1: love it i love it yeah
3: so we are seeing some really big paradigm shifts and people need to be aware of them if you want to do really well don't be stuck on the old ideas it's got to be a house on land close to the cbd um, you know, be aware that things do change, and um, some of these changes are big.
1: Yeah, it's uh, as you as you well pointed out, where there's change, there's always opportunity. Yeah, uh, and and those who recognise that early enough can uh, then ride the wave of those who jump on. And and you were, I, I think, the first to talk about the exodus to lifestyle and the and the shift to regional. We've been talking for uh, quite some years now, and I remember you mentioning it a long time ago. Uh, so my ears picked up when you started talking about apartments, and that that's something that we'll we'll delve into. Are there are there any wildcard elements that that may surface this year that uh, might have a, an impact on property conditions that you see?
3: Look, I'm not expecting any major surprises. Um, I think it, it's, it it seems to me fairly clear the the influences are going to play out this year. It's going to be about um, no more interest rate rises although the impact of interest rate rising. clearly been overrated by economists in the media yeah uh it's um the impact of um you know tax cuts it hasn't been talked about much as an impact on real estate markets but it means that um people have more money in their pockets they'll have stronger sentiment but their borrowing capacity will increase um because they'll have um just just the way the equations works in the mind of financiers so that will have an impact that That um, downright um, and that's one of the reasons why I'm starting to think that actually 2024 is going to be even better than 2023, which uh, was sort of like 7 or 8% growth as an average across the country, which is a, a, a moderately strong year. That's good. This year might do better.
1: Well, I, I think the yeah, in talking about the tax cut regime, yes, uh, everyone's going to have a bit more money uh, in the hand, which will increase capacity and potentially demand. But i think the the interesting thing that hasn't really been delved into yet and i've sort of started to look at this for those higher income earners who are expecting you know a, a much more healthy uh, tax return and aren't going to get it it's probably going to be more incentive for them to be investing in assets like property where they can still uh, keep more of their hard-earned in their in their pocket rather than giving it to the tax office so i think there's a dual-pronged impact all of, uh, across the border systems but also, those who have the most capacity, and uh, that probably I think is going to look more attractive as a result of those adjustments to the, the tax scale. So, I, I, I'm with you. I, th- I think we're in for a, a better year as a consequence of that when you tip in uh, the impacts of potentially dropping rates, the, the scarcity of listings and supply, and there's the still very strong population and exercise happening in behind all this. The, the rental crisis that everyone keeps talking about and has been a long time in the making is not going to go away anytime soon, is a first-hand indicator of how tight uh, the uh, rental markets are, which is very fertile ground for investors. So, uh, look, uh, always love talking to you, mate. If if we were to sum up in one word what you think uh, is going to best describe and capture property conditions uh, in 2024,
3: what would that be? It would be opportunity. Um, And and you've just actually articulated some examples of that. There's always opportunities to be found at any time in real estate, but I think right now the opportunity is big for investors. Um, as you've just described, we have the shortage. There are no solutions inside. The solutions exist, but of course the politicians aren't smart enough to see them or don't have the, the uh political will to implement them. They just need to encourage people to become property investors. Um that's all that's all they need to do, and they're doing the opposite. So for those people who do have um, the ability to think and act independently as investors, not be herd animals, there's massive opportunities because we have such a shortage. We've got rents rising, we've got strong yields and interest rates are probably going to come down. So the equation is going to get better this year. All that means opportunity.
1: Absolutely. Opportunity is a, a, a great way to, to sum it up. So I, I really want to thank you again for these very evidence backed insights, Terry as always. And it's, it's really clear that the housing shortages are again likely to underpin rental and sales markets this year. But I, from my perspective, a bit of a welcome return really to a more pre-pandemic normal if there even is such a thing these days where state-based performances are likely to differ again depending on local economic factors. So uh, for those who want to find out more, make sure you grab yourself a copy of the BMM 2024 Property Market Forecast Report by clicking the link in the show notes. And... If you want to take things to the next level, make sure uh, you're helping yourself to make much better informed property decisions by reaching out to Terry and the team at hotspotting.com.au. So thanks again for your time on the show today, Terry. Thanks,
3: Bushy.
0: Hi, just before we go back to the show, uh, I want to spend a few seconds and tell you about a book that was sent to me that's now become my go-to reference when I'm looking for inspiration about property investment. You know, sometimes it's not about knowing all the answers. It's certainly more important to know what questions to ask. This book by Rasti is called The Property Wealth Blueprint. And it's one that you don't read just once and then put it away. It stays out as a reference. It's a book that you go back to time and time again, as I do, because it's packed with personal experience and with great examples of how to get property investment right. Uh, it's very frank. It's to the point. And as you can see here, uh, I've needed to bookmark several points. And I can tell you that it's a constant companion on my desk here. The remarkable thing is that it's absolutely free on Rasti's website, getrare.com.au. Get Rare. It's a gateway to a richer life. The website there for you again, getrare.com.au. Getrare, so get this book. Get it for yourself. This is Realty Talk, powered by realty.com.au. And that brings us to the end of this week's show. A big thanks to Bushy and his guests, Terry Ryder and Belinda Jennison. Make sure you don't miss a single episode of Realty Talk or Bushy's Get Invested podcast, which will be delivered to you each week. You can do that by subscribing to The Property Hub now on your favourite podcast player or wherever you are listening to or watching this show. Also, join the conversation anytime on Facebook at the Property Hub Collective. Thanks to our supporters and content partners Realty, BMT Tax Depreciation, Know How Property Finance, Get Rare Property, and DePiro Marketing. I'm Kevin Turner, and on behalf of Bushy and the Property Hub team, we look forward to seeing you again next week.